Ask the Podcast Coach for December 31st, 2022. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music that means, hey, it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. Dot com and joining me right there, right there, there he is with the fireworks in the background is the one and only Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Happy New Year. We're not in the new year yet, but we'll do it today sometime. Australia probably is at this I point. Think they're, I think, yeah. I think they're already uh, drunk and puking in the streets. Yeah. We're, we're getting close here in the U.S. and uh, glad to be out here on a Saturday morning. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting. I went out. Uh, well, first of all, I, I have a because. Well, I guess it's a because of my podcast story. You never know. I always say so many people, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about monetization today because my goodness, was that in there? But uh, um, last night, because I know Ray Ortega, Ray's like, "Hey, there's this audio a thon thing going. This guy's doing this thing, raising money for charity. Really interesting charity. They help." Um, veterans like get over PTSD via some sort of computer game or something that's really interesting. But I show up and all these people that I watch their YouTube channels were there. Like uh, Mike from Booth Junkie, Tom Buck from you know Tom Buck, and um, I can never remember this guy's name. Um, it'll come to me later. But another oh, Bandrew was there. Also, I mean, just literally more and more people. One guy uh, I didn't know was in Brooklyn, and um, the sounds of Brooklyn kept coming through his microphone, um, which it sirens and <laughs> sirens and uh, neighbors who like the f bomb a lot. Mm. That was fun, uh, and I just wanted to pull up some, uh, you know, uh, a soda and uh, some popcorn, and 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 watch the festivities outside his door. But you know what would go better than popcorn and. Uh, uh yeah, uh soda would be right the there. Coffee. The uh the holy coffee pour there. And uh that uh coffee pour is brought to you by Mark over at podcastbranding.co. I'm trying to do the Canadian thing. If you listen to Mark, it's podcasting or podcastbranding.co where I go podcastbranding.co. I don't know if that's an American thing, but I do know that if you need artwork, if you need a lead magnet, if you need a whole website podcastbranding.co now I can't say it podcastbranding.co is the place to go because Mark is not only an award winning graphic artist he's also a podcaster and he's going to sit down with you and figure out the whole vibe and that really is so important I had somebody send me their intro yesterday and it was very what I would call Walter Cronkite it was very like here's the thing and we do the thing and I said it kind of depends on what you're going for here. This isn't a sit back and have some fun with my friends. I go, so you need to know what the vibe is. And that's what Mark does. And he makes sure that your artwork or your website, everything matches what you're trying to pull off. So when you're ready to go, podcastbranding.co. And I just realized that I forgot to do this. There it is. 
podcastbranding.co. I forgot to put the slide up there, but nicely uh, done. Yeah, for those visual, those only watching on YouTube. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, normally I was, it's right. I was like, man, I don't know what to do. I'm just sitting here. <laughs> uh, big thanks to our, our friend Dan LeFebvre over there, based on a true story, based on truestorypodcast.com. If uh, it's the holiday season, maybe you've ran by now. I don't know, Dave. I've run out of podcasts. I've been listening to them. Uh, maybe you have too, and you need something to listen to. Lots of episodes, over 200 episodes available for you. Check it out today based on a true story podcast.com. Dan, thanks for your sponsorship. I just I was listening to uh, some guy. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, Jim. Uh, James Cridlin. Who? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you keep mentioning this guy. I tried to look <laughs> him up. He's nowhere to be found on the internet. He was on the podcasting, the, the, and apparently it's now almost a tradition. He was on the podcasting 2.0 show. And the thing I thought was interesting is, have you heard how podcasting is a $40 billion industry? Have you, Ooh, have you no, heard that? I haven't that? heard that number. Yeah, I, I've heard. Well, it doesn't matter. It might as well be, you know, $5 trillion or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I found out how they come up with this number is I think they said it was the IAB goes around to different people and go, how much money did like you make? And then do you know if so-and-so made any money? And basically everybody guesstimates. So it's a, it's, it's not really a, Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Most of it's that way though, to be honest in the industry, <laughs> yeah. it's, they're kind of making some guesses and like, well, it should be, they don't know exactly, but 40, 40 billion. No. What did you say? Yeah, forty billion. Because it's because like podcast one did thirty two million, right? Yeah, but but, but it the, takes it, a lot of millions to get to a billion. Exactly, and that was so, their whole point. They're like, wait a minute. So if did this and they did that, and they're like, wait, we're still a long way off. Even if it was twenty billion, maybe it was four billion. That might be four billion would make a little more. Yeah, sense. okay. I might have added an extra zero, but still, that's yeah. Like, I just well, was like a lot of millions. Well, I've heard um, Rob talk, and it's going to come to me in a minute, but there's a, a famous publication that always says things. Usually it's podcasting is dead. Uh, man, I can't. And, but it, and it, what's interesting is Rob was like, because they'll always quote, uh, Spotify is the number one app. And Rob's like, I don't know what you guys are looking at, but yeah, according to my data. That's four billion. Four, thank you. Four billion, yeah. And uh, which is still a long way off from 32 million. You know, but if you times that by Blueberry and, and Libsyn and Buzzsprout and Captivate and Podbean and all that, I'm like, I'm pretty sure we're still a ways off from four well, billion. Okay, let's get the quote right. It says two billion in revenue this year. I guess that's twenty twenty two. Okay. By and four billion by twenty twenty four. So we still we're still a year and a half all away right. from that. But still, those are billion numbers. I mean that's that's uh, a lot of money. Yeah, I still think somebody has the the podcast. <laughs> industry dartboard you know like how much oh, money are we gonna make in 2023 oh three billion all right excellent yeah, yeah. uh but uh they could get some if they could also get some ad revenue numbers and extrapolate those across and know what people are spending on that so they could get they could get fairly close on that don't you think yeah i just i i guess i just maybe that's what they're doing they're taking what did you guys do this year put it all together and then say, if we grow by X amount of percentage, blah, 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 you know? So yeah. but they, they were talking, I guess podcast one is owned by live one. And apparently the live events not doing real well right now, especially because of COVID. 
Everybody took a hit there. And Podcast One is spinning off from Live One. And it was a really interesting, uh, I'm only like halfway through the episode. And uh, that was like, huh, because you have Adam Curry, who's got his whole podcasting 2.0 thing. And then James is coming in, chiming in with stuff. And uh, James lost 100,000 Satoshis to Adam for the second year in a row because he keeps betting Adam that Apple's going to come out with an Android app because, you know, they're not stupid. And they did say that there are apparently a fair amount of people, and this is the key to this, that have audiences that are making uh, money selling you know, we have our Patreon here, but they were talking about how it, it it appears they haven't confirmed that if you do your membership on Apple where they take 30%, ouch, and you get zero information from your customers because, well, they're not your customers. They're Apple's customers. You're the product. Uh, but there are people apparently that are doing well with that, and it might be that Apple helps promote your show if, of course, they're taking 30% of something, why wouldn't they? So it, it was just an interesting uh, show. So, um, yeah, uh, we have somebody here and a, a question in the chat room. I know we have a, f- a few here we have starred. Um, I just set up my Libsyn account because of you, Dave. Uh, thanks for that video that led me away from Anchor. Lifesaver information, yes. An- Anchor is not, and now the guy's going to go like, wait, what? Anchor's not as bad as they used to be. I did log in. And what Anchor, because it used to be they had a whole thing where they submitted your show to Apple for you uh, after literally probably four years of everybody going, can you please quit doing that? They finally did. Um, but they they don't make it. And they I, I've heard Todd say they don't give you an RSS feed. I think that's incorrect. I did see an RSS feed. They just don't exactly make it up front, and they don't really like – they don't really give you a lot of directions on here's how to submit your show to all the, you know, whatever 13 different directories there are. So, uh, yeah. And the other thing about anchor is they're going to tell you that, you know, they're going to get sponsors for you. Well, they're going to get one sponsor for you. And that sponsor is anchor. And the last time I checked, they paid you a penny a download. And so when you start off and you have, you know, 30 downloads, enjoy your 30 cents, you might be able to buy half a candy bar with that. (laughs) <laughs> something like that. So um, that's kind of uh, uh, so. It's it's I it I still have a bad taste in my mouth. You know, this is also owned by Spotify, and Spotify has openly said, "Yeah, that whole RSS thing isn't really working for us." And I'm like, mm, "That's the backbone of podcasting, kids." So is that really where we want to put all of our, um, you know, eggs in that basket? So, uh, and I I've heard in the Netherlands they've already merged at least on a trial basis, Anchor and Spotify are in the same app. And so we'll see how that uh, works and uh, we'll see. So I, 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 you know, I still say eventually they're either going to go away because I mean, Libsyn put out a free media host this, this year and that lasted all of nine months. It's just not a good business model. I've said that for years and uh, the only other free service I know of, added a paid version, which was red circle. So I was like, yeah, they might actually stick around now that they're actually charging for their service. So I uh, got a couple other questions here. Keep them coming. Again, we're at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. If you want to throw something into the chat, or if you want to jump into the video, just go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. And uh, how would you pronounce that, Jim? Vogon? Ah, close enough, I think. Yeah. 
Mr. V said, uh, ahead of the show for discussion, doing a new podcast for a museum in Portuguese. How cool is that? It's across the pond. Uh, knowing we wish to have global reach, uh, we need to have episodes in English with known people from the community. So there's this follow up. There's a second part. Ah, of there we go. Page two. Page two. Uh, how <laughs> would you do it? Same feed, new feed on another podcast in English. Hmm, that's a great question. Uh, thinking of how to keep the workload and cost low, but make sense as most Portuguese speaking want to hear. Most Portuguese speak hear the other. Won't hear yeah. the other. Yeah, this is. I'm actually doing an episode sometime in January, where I go. I just. What would you want? Like for me, if somebody said, "Hey, we're going to do our show in English and Spanish." Now I've, I'm trying to learn Spanish right now, but aside from, um, please don't put sugar in my coffee. I'm I'm really not there yet, and uh, so I wouldn't want a Spanish podcast in my my feed because it's just going to be gibberish to me. And uh, so I, I wouldn't put them in the same feed. What, how about you, Jim? Yeah, I think it really depends on the audience on this one and who you think you're yeah. going to market it to. Uh, we we do a Portuguese podcast for Gallup. It's all done in Portuguese. There's a little bit of English in it. That's my part. But for the most part, the rest of it is in Portuguese. We have a separate YouTube, separate YouTube channel, separate podcast channel. Um, I think if you, if you think in, in this case, the English and Portuguese together work because most of the audience knows both, not all of them, but most know both, right? It's so it's a, it's a pretty bilingual, um, uh, community. If it's not bilingual, you got to kind of think through, I think I would probably separate them out, right? Most post providers, most podcast host providers will give you the ability to create a second channel. I know I can do this on, we use Spreaker. Um, uh, for this, and you could just create a second channel. And from a from a cost perspective, you know, I know for some of them there's going to be some additional cost, but it's it's probably not that much. And if you're doing it both in English and in Portuguese, it might be worth it. However, there could be a case, Dave, if the audience can do both. Look, I could ignore podcasts in the channel, and in I could put I could post it. And then put in parentheses English, and then post it again in parentheses right. put Portuguese, and it's a you know it's a Tinder swipe to get that thing deleted, right? Yep. So, uh, you know, I, you could go both ways. I, I don't think there's any the the best way is the way that the audience understands it's coming and it's coming consistently. Once you start doing it that way, don't change it unless it's obvious at that point. But yeah, um, I, yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head because if it's primary primarily an English language and you throw in a second one the the bilingual I don't know if, if Craig knows this but the bilingual rate in America is I'm sure way down like if you go to Germany you know a lot of people speak German but they also learn English and sure. all I remember is uh eins zwei drei vier fünf sechs sieben yeah that's about all I remember and I had, you know, whatever, uh, three years of German, you know, <laughs> you got to 10. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. that, and I think I remember how to swear in German. That's, that's about it. Mm -hmm. So consequently, you know, dumb Americans are not going to, uh, appreciate 
a yeah most americans don't know a second no. it's get, that's changing that is changing yeah. but a little bit but and not not yeah, most americans just don't know a second language yeah so you're probably if it's going to be primarily an english audience you probably should separate it out yeah if it's going to be portuguese and they know english you might be able to put them together i'd like the idea of having them both this is a good idea for what i do too i wish i had the time to do this where we recorded it in portuguese first then we came back and did it again same content in english and you'd have two, you know, you get kind of two for one out of the deal that way. It's a little bit more work editing and such, but yeah, it'd be a good idea. Craig says, I had a bilingual podcast a few years ago with uh, Pilar. I'm going to butcher this poor person's name, Ordi. Uh, we got positive feedback. I know a guy that does a heavy metal podcast and he does it like one episode, two languages. Like he does the first half and then like, halfway through he just does the same thing in Japanese and I was like well that's different if you're I guess you know um if if I'm a Japanese speaking person just to go halfway through the podcast and that's where it uh, kicks in but yeah Craig says many Portuguese and Brazilians know English so they do. that's yeah, the they advantage do. Americans not so big on that second language because yeah. you know we're America <laughs> well and we so I'll post some of the live uh, in Eventbrite. I'll post some of these live non-English recordings that we're going to do. You know, we, we make the recordings available for everybody to come out and join us live. And, you know, when I post them in English, I'll get, I don't know, I'll get 50 to 60 to register. When I post them in other than non-English languages, I get like three. So like there is, there's not even a curiosity to come out. And in for a while, um, we showed that here on the podcast. For a while, I was running a live translator alongside of it so our English friends could come in and at least hear. They're not even interested in that, Dave, just to be honest. Most people are like, nah, that's too much work. I mean, it's actually hard to get them there in English to begin with. Then you do it in another language, and most Americans are kind of like, yeah, no, that's too much work for me. I'm not really interested. Now, you learn a lot by watching the translation and kind of you get you get a lot of cultural nuances that way. It's pretty cool. I've learned a lot. All these, you know, seven different uh, languages that we do it in. I've learned a ton. I find most Americans aren't really willing to go to that kind of effort to get that done. It's which is sad. Yeah, I had a thing on. I'm using Duolingo, and it's like, hey, you've you've studied Spanish 95 days in a row. It's like 10:30 you're going to lose your streak. And there was a part of me like, you know, mm, cause I, I literally, I'm, I know I'm doing it at a snail's pace. Cause I spend like maybe five to 10 minutes, you know? And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to be like five years from now. I'm going to be happy that I can, you know, ask someone, do they want, you know, chocolate on their fish sticks or something? I'll, it'll be completely horrible, but I'll, I'll be there some way. But uh, yeah, it's, Again, I think with you, uh, like you said, I think the younger generations are more open maybe to learning a second language and, and appreciating a different culture and that whole nine yards. And they're not quite so America. <laughs> <laughs> no, right on. I, it's, it's this a good, this is a good problem to have. Yeah. We need to be doing more of these kinds of things. I, I, I think in listening to them, even if we can't, I mean, the technology's gotten so good with this of yeah. listening to it with live translations. There was a comment a little bit earlier. Uh, someone's listening to us. Michael said, uh, yeah. uh, you and you all on LinkedIn. I didn't know we were out on LinkedIn. Dave, I, this but, is the first week I've done that. I didn't realize, because huh? I know there's LinkedIn like live stuff. And I was like, and I heard somebody say they were using StreamYard. 
yeah. they're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And we go to LinkedIn. I'm like, LinkedIn's an option? And I was like, yeah. went in. I'm like, yes, it is. And I was like, well, the, this is the advantage of LinkedIn is they actually do subtitling pretty well on LinkedIn. So this is, again, for accessibility reasons. Yeah. It's probably, I mean, for, for those of you, for those who couldn't hear this, but wanted to participate and could see it, you know, live closed captions, they're not perfect, but they're, they're at least something you can provide to somebody. Now there's uh Michael, sorry, we can't chat back with you because we have to log into LinkedIn. Dave, you'd have to log into LinkedIn. This is the weakness of the system mm. is that the API chat from StreamYard doesn't go back. You've got to log into for, for LinkedIn. Oh. You've got to go, you got to go sign into LinkedIn, have that chat up and do that. So we don't have that set today. If we're going to do that in the future, Dave, I'll manage the LinkedIn side yeah. of things. And I'll set up some promotions. You know, that's that's an area I've got a lot of followers on. Yeah. That that we might be able to promote that out a little bit more. Yeah. And and again, here just I see so many people, one of the mistakes I see is they'll they'll put their show on Apple and Spotify and then quit. Like, well, yeah. you know, those yeah, yeah. are and somebody said and I finally cuz I'm always like why why would you not list your show everywhere? And I finally had somebody who explained to me why, and they were afraid that they had to put links to all. So it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, uh, Pocket Cast, Overcast, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, isn't that going to kind of scare people away when they go to the subscribe page? And I went, hey, if you just want to put Apple and Spotify on your subscribe page, you could do that. But I would list my show everywhere so that if somebody searches for you in the app, knowing that search in app is horrible, but I would still list my show there. And then like for me, I tip, I think on my site, I have Apple, Google, Spotify, and Amazon. And then I think a link to my newsletter. And then underneath it's like, oh, if you're looking for other apps, here are some more. But I have like the, the big four at the top. And it's like, oh, and by the way, I'm also over here if you're using Pocket Casts or something of that mm -hmm. nature. So, mm -hmm. but uh, I, I finally got an answer to that question, which is why wouldn't you list your show everywhere? And they're like, oh, we don't want to scare people away. And I was like, <laughs> how are you going to scare people away? And it was, what? and it's because they were going to put all the links on their website. I was like, well, then don't put all the links on the website. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. still be there. Yeah. Like, still be there. Still, yeah. still be there. You don't, you can, you can trim that down. I think if you go to my pod page, I list yeah, yeah. all the places that I am, and it's a long list. I want people just to be able to click the button of their favorite choice and bring it in, right? But yeah, I wouldn't. I, I'd still be everywhere. It takes doesn't take that long to to be in all those places. I'd go everywhere. It's kind of funny. Uh, here's a fun question. He said, pressing the marker button on his roadcaster. Um, should I repurpose a full episode video to Facebook two years after it was released? Well, here's the. This is from Jacking Around with. And I can't tell because YouTube blocked the bottom half of his thing. For me, if it delivers value to those that watch it, yes. But if it's like, hey, look at this fun cassette deck. It's stereo. Well, maybe I'm not going to put that video out. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's new to somebody. Why, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Th this is a good question to ask yourself, though. If you If there's any doubt. You got to ask yourself some serious questions. It needs, I think it needs to be pretty obvious. You're like, oh yeah, this absolutely applies today and will be great. What's it hurt if you do it and nobody hears it? Like, I think, mm. 
I get, I get that, that that's rejection. I get it. Like for most people putting something out and nobody listening to it is a form of rejection, <laughs> but it, it could, it could be something good. Like yeah. it, it could happen. So you got to try, I guarantee you, if you don't put it out, it will a hundred percent of the time not be listened to. <laughs> that's like, it. I know that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's always kind of, uh, fun. Uh, here we go. Um, thank you, chat room, by the way, because I looked in Facebook groups and there were a lot of really yeah, some good questions. A lot, lot of people asking, how do I make money when I launch my podcast in two weeks? I'm like, yeah, uh, we're a little out of sequence there. Um, Enhanced Simplicity asks, in your opinion, how realistic is that someone can make at least $500 a month? Ah, <laughs> oh, geez, Louise. Hold on. They forgot to. There we go. Hold on. I need to let her know. Hey, she, I will call you back. I'm in the middle of a radio show, so I got to go. Thanks. All right. Um, <laughs> you need uh, you need music like Dave's getting interrupted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I need to let her know. Please quit because she calls. Usually I have my phone on mute, right. but this is, in fact, speaking of that, let's do that now. So Wait a minute. One of the disadvantages. Silent was on. Why am I getting, I don't know. Uh, maybe you've got that. A person identified to push through. That could Cause be. Because some, sometimes, you know, you can identify certain folks. This is one of the drawbacks to using your phone in a production setting for podcasting. You know, great thing. I'm not using the Wisdom app, so we can just uh, 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 we yeah, can disconnect can, that completely. <laughs> but it, it is, you know, you think like, oh, yeah, this would be handy. I'll just use my phone. Yeah, but then this kind of stuff, stuff happens. happens. Yeah, exactly. So okay. get, getting back to, uh, Hey, we're going to make it easy for Dave in the editing thing. Yeah. We're just going to start over. Welcome to live people. <laughs> All right. Uh, enhanced simplicity has a question. It says, in your opinion, how realistic is it that someone can make at least $500 a month within their first month of podcasting with one episode a week? Uh, so let me get this straight. You're just starting. And you want to make five hundred dollars a month? Uh, zero. I would say there's a no, zero. There's a possibility. It's low. One. One percent. And mm -hmm. here's the thing: because even it if depends. you are, yeah, if you if you have a large following, yeah. right? So if you're yeah. John Stamos and you start a podcast, yeah, you could probably get somebody. You could probably get a sponsor that would pay you one hundred twenty-five dollars an episode. That's the whole thing. You're looking at $125 an episode, and that means you have to have either a super niche, you know, you have a podcast for 50-year-old men who have enlarged prostates and four fingers on the left hand. It's hyper niche. And somebody has the extra finger pack and a thing that will shrink your, your sphincter. Um, <laughs> shrink your sphincter. Say that three times fast. Uh and yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to poo poo the idea. I'm just, I see that. I saw that in Facebook this morning. I'm starting a podcast in 2023. How do I make money? And I go, step one is grow an audience. You need an audience. It's in the book. It's right here. Chapter one, grow an audience. You can't monetize dust. You just can't. So when it's how realistic is the key there? And I'm like, it's not. Yeah. And I think people got to see this. It's like a small business. Right. Yeah. And so like right now it firewood 
people who cut and sell fire when it's hot. Like energy prices are going up in the United States. Everybody's kind of panicking a little bit. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm going to burn firewood. And so you see all these YouTubers who are getting hundreds and thousands of views. All they're doing is cutting and stacking firewood and they're selling it, right? So the question, that same question could be asked in this. If I was starting from scratch, if I was starting my business from scratch, how realistic would it be that I could sell $500 worth of firewood in a month, right? How realistic is that? Okay, there's a lot of questions you have to ask. What's your access to good firewood? Those would be guests, right? Have you done this before, right? That's a good question to ask. Like you said, how big is your audience? And then um, how good are you as a salesperson? Like, that's what this business is. You're selling. Listen, John Lee Dumas is a great sales person. Yeah. <laughs> that's why he's successful because the guy can influence as, as, the, you know, as long as the day. So, you know, how good are you? I, and I think that's a question that's hard for a lot of podcasters to come to grips with is to say, yeah, this is sales. <laughs> this is influencing and sales. You want to make money, you got to sell something. If you haven't had success with sales in the past, it's going to be a struggle, right? It's not like podcasting is going to magically change that. You're going to need you're going to need some sales skills. And if you can't sell yourself or sell your product or sell whatever you're selling to make the like the five hundred dollars will it's not magically block. appear. If you're going to do ads, you're going to have to have influence. You're going to have to have people listen, so those ads get listened to. If you're going to have merch, you got to be able to sell that and make things or do things that people want to buy. That's the hard part of this. And so I think a lot of people just think, I'll just get started. And you say this all the time, Dave. I'll just get started and the, you know, the people will come. No, <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Right. Probably not. Or I see this a lot. Well, I've been doing it for two years or I've been doing it for four years. So it's time yeah. to monetize. And I'm like, well, actually, that's not the thing you go by. Right. Because I've been playing the guitar since I was 12. So I guess I should go get a Grammy now. It just doesn't work that way. It's you have to have an audience, if especially because I see so many people go, oh, I'll start a podcast and then we'll just get ads. And I'm like, again, you do realize that if you're looking for the, you know, Blue Apron, Casper mattress, that only works for about 8% yeah. of podcasters. So you have a 92% fail rate of getting a Casper mattress thing. Now, that doesn't mean you can't get sponsors. I get sponsors and I have nowhere near the 10,000 downloads an episode you need. Yeah. Uh, but it's, um, yeah, the whole, I want to start a podcast and make $500 a month. I mean, you could open up. It's a good goal though. It's, it's a great goal. Yeah. It's a good, it's a great thing to shoot for. And like I said, I can guarantee you won't make it if you never start. So should that stop, should this stop you from starting? No, totally. You should, you should get going. The other thing on this, Dave, is that some people are going to have that goal. And they're going to start and they're going to go for four years and they're never going to reach it. It's just not going to have the right. cards aren't going to play in into their favor. And you have to make that decision. You know, do I, am I going to cut bait on this, you know, and, and, and move on and do something different? Or do I like this enough to do it for less than, for less money than I was hoping to get? So, I mean, that to your point, time doesn't dictate anything other. I mean, it really boils down to talent. How talented well, are you on influencing people and selling things there, if you want to make money? There's talent. There's timing. I remember oh, J for sure. Yeah, 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 Jay Locked. Moore yeah. was in a um, – he talked about it once. He was in this like sitcom kind of thing, 
but it was all about him being an agent in the entertainment industry. So it was basically a show about the entertainment industry. So as you might imagine, everyone in the entertainment industry loved this. It'd be like, it's like when they did uh, uh, the Whatever Inc. show, and it was about podcasting. Um, I forget what it was called, but it had the guy from, um, boy, my brain never works live. It just doesn't. But anyway, so it was funny. It was entertaining. And everybody in entertainment was like, did you see the new episode of such and such? There was only one problem. It was on Thursdays against Friends. And it just got stomped. And he's like, yeah, he goes, if we had moved to a different night, he goes, I'm pretty sure that would have been a hit. He's like, but but there's that. So there's timing. There is network. You know, half the reason uh, that Serial was Serial is because uh, Sarah Koenig knew the guy from This American Life who premiered it there. And then she had all these connections in um, you know, print and, you know, that whole, so everybody, you know, was hearing about cereal from word of mouth, but the word of mouth came from a bunch of press that they got about that. And so there's that, um, and then I think that some of it is just luck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I talked yeah. at the, and hard work. Yeah. Right. And yeah. hard work. That's the other one. Yeah. Cause there are times when you're like, uh, you know, and you just got to push through. So. Yeah, you, you, you got to put time into it. It won't magically happen. You know, it is magically happening though. A little bit of a super, uh, super chat. Is that what they call that? I thing believe then? that's what they call that. on YouTube. Brad, thanks for your, yeah, thank thanks you for much. your ten dollar donation there. Appreciate that. I'm glad we're adding value to uh, to your Saturday morning. I, have, I, I. This is not applause, but I, this sounds. Oh, yeah. We might have. Nope. No, but we could do this, brothers and sisters. We have a super chat. Praise God! Okay, anyway. God, uh, I, don't I, you have a kid cheering? One? Oh, no, that's no, at the that's, end of Jim's. Yeah, that's I'm, at the end of Jim's. I don't have a whole lot of... Oh, here's... here's a, here's a a Since we're talking about realistic expectations and things like that, um, here's a clip I heard, and when I heard it, I, I threw up in my mouth just a little bit. Yep. All right, you ready? Hold on, I'm going to hit the marker here, and... You want an unborn podcast, you want to get into new and noteworthy, which you can only do in your first eight weeks of launching your show... Yeah. And I thought, well, surely this must be an old episode because it was a podcast about podcasting. And I, I was like, well, surely this must be an old episode from like 2011 or something like that. And it's uh, from December 19th, 2022. Yeah. But you should always act like you only have eight weeks to get into it. You know, like, mm. If you're going to like just to the conversation we were just having, you, you, you shouldn't do all this effort in the first eight weeks only. It's going to take sustained effort to get it done. So like treat it like it always is only eight weeks so that you're, you, you have enough motivation to keep it going. Yeah. So I just, I heard that and I was like, okay. Yeah. It's, so it's okay. It, it, we it, can let him go. Yeah. We can let him go. It it's is, not bad advice. I mean, yeah. that first, in that first launch and that first, oh, yeah. those, that's super important that you do that, but then keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> like keep, keep that momentum going. Treat that's the, what it's going to take. Treat your ninth week like your first week. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, basically exactly uh, yeah going yeah. back to the monetization talk chris nessie has a great point here um listen to other podcasts in your space and see other um who other excuse me other people are getting for sponsors or if i'm chris right he's got house ed tech i might see if there's an ed tech like convention of some sort and then see who's sponsoring that event 
because those people have a budget and will spend it to get in front of the people that are listening to my show. So that's uh, another way of looking at it. But thank you, Brad, for the super chat. I do appreciate that. It's a good way to end the the year. Um, yeah. More, please. So <laughs> so it's not $500 a month, but you made $10 a month. I made $10. There you go. <laughs> 490 to go. Yeah. Maybe um, we could maybe we can make our own 500 this just this Saturday morning. It's the end of the year. We're bringing you value. You want to try the super chat? I'll just challenge you. Make Dave Jackson $500. <laughs> <laughs> uh, See, I can say that because it's not for me. It's going to go to you. <laughs> if it was going to me, I'd be like, oh, shucks. <laughs> There's a word I don't use as much. Uh, uh, shucks. Yeah. Um, shucks. Garsk. Um, G Williker. Yeah. Speaking of Chris Nessie, he said, have either of you explored oh. chat GPT for podcasting? Oh. I have, and it scared me. It really did. Here's the thing. Uh, remember how we always say with YouTube, you know, you can post your video. And if you're not doing anything, um, you know, posting a video to YouTube with a still image is better than nothing. What I did is I, ha- I did an episode of Building a Better Dave and I had it transcribed. And first I had to find chat GPT or whatever it is, uh, because it's not a chat GPT. It's like chat.open.ai something.com. I think if I remember right. And so I took the transcript and threw it and said, write a SEO optimized podcast description based on this, and then pasted the transcript and hit go. And it did a pretty good job. Now it didn't, didn't give me any bullet points or anything like that, but it was, it was spooky. I was like, well, that's cause I'd written like three sentences, like Dave talks about his Christmas and talks about learning Mac and new stuff and blah, blah, blah. And then they came up with like a paragraph and a half that was better. And I went, oh, so there's an example where I'm doing almost nothing. And I threw the transcript, which, you know, I threw that into Otter uh, and then grabbed it, put it in there. And I was like, okay, that's better than what I had. And that's really, again, I'm going to be coming back to this question a lot like, which one would you want to read more? Which one did you find more valuable? The three sentences I put together or the paragraph that this thing did? And I went, well, I think the paragraph was was better. And so I used the paragraph from chat GPT. But I am seeing many things that are like, here's how you can make money with this. You just, you know, stay home in your underwear and copy and paste and chat GPT and money will fall from heaven. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's really how it's going to, you know, and I'm sure there's going to be somebody standing on a boat you know, or, or in front of a mansion, you know, this is me and my Rottweiler. We got all this because of Jet GPT. All I did was, you know, three easy payments. And I'm like, ugh. So I, I feel there's going to be a lot of three easy payments in our future around our good friend Chat GPT. I don't know. What, yeah. do, you, what do you think, Jim? You're, do you need to nerd out on this? No. Okay. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but play it anyways because I like to hear the kids <laughs> cheer. And now... Oh, he's been waiting for this. It's time for Jim to get his nerd on. That's my favorite. <laughs> That's my favorite part right there. Um, I, I I did write. I used Jasper instead of that uh, back in the summer, and I did write an article using that. And it it was in the top five of of articles read uh, for me in 2022. Again, spooky. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, 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 the um, advice I would have on this is yes, it's AI, but it says it's not, it's not the smartest AI all the time. And yes, it's good at getting mining the information, 
from the internet and bringing it and pulling it together. But if you think you can just do that and then not proofread it or not fact check it, you might want to, you know, I was looking for some instructions on how to set up a ring cam. And so I said, hey, how do I, how do I put up a ring cam? Well, it grabbed information from a while ago that has since changed. Hmm. And so that information was wrong. And so I had to go through and proof it just to make sure like, okay, are these facts correct? If you're going to get into the political realm with this, like you have to be really careful on this one because again, it's only as smart as the information and it, 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 it can get a little opinionated at times too, which is kind Ooh. of weird, right? It was interesting. So. Um, the lightning rod that is Ben Shapiro uh, went over and played with it and he just, he said, well, let's start off with a, an easy one. How tall is Ben Shapiro? And it came back. He was using something where it would like, you'd type a question and it would do this. And it said, he's 5'7". And he said, that's interesting because I'm 5'9". Um, so, you know, strike one. He goes, what are you basing this information on? Um, and he kept asking, like, what is the source? What is the source? And finally it came back and it said, well, according to his website, he's 5'9". And he's like, okay, well, we finally got the right answer after we had to ask it like six or seven questions. And then he got into the, you know, let's, 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 let, let's uh, light everything on fire. So like he, he asked it, like, is it morally okay to abort a fee? Yeah, he got into like abortion and then what's a woman and can a man be pregnant and blah, blah, blah. And it was really interesting because well, on one hand, chat GPT was very left. And then he asked it another question and it was very right. And I was like, eh. and that's when I played with cap show, which is uh, an AI tool that you basically upload your your podcast, it transcribes it, and it makes a blog post and things like that. And if you're doing, like, that wouldn't work. I, I tried to do this with Ask the Podcast Coach. Well, we have, you know, 13 different topics by the time the show's over, and it, it got confused. But if you had one episode where you covered one topic, it actually worked okay. But even um, Deidre over there, she said, it gets you about 85% there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, but you're going to have to to tweak it a little bit. And I was like, that's kind of what my thought is. But again, if you're by your own doing 20% and you can get something to get you up to 80% and that's, that's the thing you got to, you got to fact check. Cause I've seen multiple times where it's like four out of five prefer this dentist, whatever. And I'm like, wait, hold on. Where's number one. Who's the fifth dentist that's being such a jerk. But, uh, it's always kind of, uh, yeah. So well, we, we've used that power in otter.ai, which yeah. will give us the notes. So it takes it from the transcripts and it, it, it's doing some good. I mean, it's really doing some good stuff. The problem is with it in that going the other way, give it a transcript in and ask it to do a summary, especially on a show like this, we're all over the place. So yeah. if your expectation is it's going to be perfect notes, well, it's not. Because you're not. I mean, it's trying to summarize and kind of an imperfect conversation. And again, that's okay. I think uh, Chris said in the chat room, you know, gives us gives people a starting point. Yeah. So I just like to set your set your expectations accordingly. On the flip side of that, there's some amazing things that are coming out of this AI technology, and I think we're just scratching the surface. I've made a big joke about AI over the last I don't know ten years because it's been terrible for the most part from a technology standpoint. We took algorithms and we called them AI, and that wasn't really true. Like, yeah. like this is not really intelligence, right? This is just regurgitating. I think we may be getting to the point where it's actually intelligence. I don't know. I still think it's a little short, but but 
you know, we're, we're getting there. There's some exciting things for that, for sure. If you struggle with writing, it's a great tool to help you get started for sure. Yeah. I use, uh, I'm playing with surfer SEO and I'm playing with magic word. I think it is. And they're all kind of like, and that's where, especially if you ask it, like, how do you deal with this? And then it gives you advice and you're like, yeah, but I didn't know where that's coming from. Like, you know, it's like, mm. so we'll see. It's, it is definitely interesting to, uh, to watch. Uh, SP, our, our good friend here, Stargate Pioneer, has a question about the Roadcaster. Have you heard of the known sound pad defect issue on the Roadcaster Pro 2? No, I have not. Uh, I've not had any issues with, uh, with mine. Every time I go, it, it works. So um, I do need to troubleshoot my, when I had that weird hiss issue, because I think all I ended up doing was, I think that might've been a cable, but that was, that was kind of a weird one. But um, I will say I, when the Rodecaster two came out and I was like, why would you plug two devices into one? Uh, yeah, I'm loving that feature now. I didn't before cause I had one PC and now that I have a Mac and a PC, I can actually edit on either computer now and it comes through the Rodecaster. So I'm, I'm loving uh, that feature. Didn't get it when it first came out. Um, let's see, here's one. This, uh, uh, this is one of those hard questions to answer, uh, again from, uh, jacking around. He says, I'm debating attending podcast evolutions. I've attended podcast movement podcast. Let me read the rest of this. I attended for networking with podcast networks and business opportunities, uh, attend or save the money by not going to Vegas. Hmm. Because podcast movement evolutions is definitely more business related. Uh, I know when I'm there with Libsyn, um, you know, Rob Walsh, um, you know, our CEO, everybody there is gone because they're all in secret meetings behind secret doors that I don't know where they are, but there, there are a lot of meetings going on there. So, but if you're looking to network with other podcasters, it's definitely not as big and so I tend for networking with podcast networks. I mean, because iHeart, and again, this was last year, or not even last year. Was it last? Did they do it last year? I'm trying to remember. Because uh, I remember they did it. They brought back the uh, Hall of Fame thing. Yeah, I guess that was last year. But um, it's definitely not as big. So if you're looking to network with a ton of people, it's you know, it may be different this year, but last year was considerably smaller. And that's where uh, both Chris Kermitzos from PodFest and um, people from, uh, well, what's her name? Jessica Kufferman from She Podcast. They've been going out and doing a tour, showing people, hey, it's okay to come out of your house and, and come to events again uh, because people are still a little afraid. So, um, boy, that's a... I wish you were, you might want to jump in and ask that because, you know, I know the big networks are going to be there, Wondery and all that. But a lot of times I always say this, networks don't make podcasts big. Networks make big podcasts bigger. And that is an, an Eric Newsom quote. I can't take uh, credit for that. So if you're like, Ooh, I'm going to start a podcast and then get on a network. Mm, again, the networks usually choose you. You don't choose the network. So, but we do have someone in the uh, waiting. Before I do that, Jim, did you have any thoughts on? No, it's a tough question. It is. Like, that's a tough you, one because you don't know from year to year. It could even vary. Is it yeah. worth it? 
Yeah. So, you know, it, that's, you just got to take a risk yeah. on it. I'm you, not you sure if want, I, I know to the, spend some time in Vegas. <laughs> that's the whole question. Like, is it cheap to fly into Vegas? Are the hotels cheaper in Vegas? Yeah. You know, that whole nine yards. I don't know if I'd fly anywhere right now. Yes. Well, I, I need to go check and see what my, what flight uh, or what, um, whatever. Airline. 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 Thank you. The yeah, plane yeah, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. What plane people yeah. I'm using to get to Podfest? Because if it says Southwest, I'm like, they better get they're their back. Act. They're they? back. They, they, yeah, they fixed it. They fixed well, it. Oh, they're fixing it. Let's yeah, just put it so, that way. But, Let's get SP in here. Yeah. Mr. SP, Mr. Stargate Pioneer. How are you, Dude, buddy? Good to see you. Oh, hold on. Except he's muted. Okay. There well, we go. Broadcaster yeah. Pro. Hey, guys. How's it going? Happy <laughs> New Year. Yeah, Happy man. Year How are you? you? Good to see you. All right. Uh, you know, I'm, I got to be careful of these plane people, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had two kids fly over the holidays, and they both made it just fine. They didn't use Southwest, though. So. Nice. Beautiful. Anyway, uh, I asked you guys the questions about the Roadcaster Pro 2 sound pads because it seems several other people that have the Roadcaster Pro 2, as I do, and Dave, I think you're using it right now. Yep. The sound pads automatically just start firing out of nowhere. Sometimes when I boot it up, the sound pads fire off. And John Buchanan is another guy that's got the issue. And he said he's sending his in for RMA. I was gone for the past week, week and a half, so I didn't have a chance to contact Road. But I'm probably going to be sending mine back for RMA because just uh, pressure will allow them to go off. And if you use them, as you have been, there's no real button in them. It's just like... You, you put your hand over it and you push down and there's no give or anything. And I don't know what kind of switch they use in there, but apparently it's a known issue because at least three, if not four people that I've talked to have had that issue. I, I know I've run into that where I'll put my phone there. Like if I just, okay, didn't do it this time, but I did that last night and all of a sudden Let's get ready. came out of nowhere. And I was like, so they are a little trigger happy, but I've never had it. Like just sitting here and, Oof, you know, all of a sudden comes out of nowhere. And I'm like, so. yeah, I will have my case cover on the top. Yeah. Let's see if I can do that right now. I don't know if it'll do it, but just pressing down the air pressure alone, usually eh, huh. I didn't do it. Of course not. But, but uh, yeah, the air pressure alone will set it off. So I don't know if it's a switch issue in there or if it's just how they're designed or whatever. But and what's what's road saying about it? I haven't contacted Road personally. Oh. John Buchanan said he is sending his in and they're sending him back one or fixing his with uh, upgraded, in John's words. I have not verified that. Upgraded sound pads. So. Well, that was going to be my question is what are you guys using like the beta software? Because I know there's a new beta out and I'm like, I'm going to wait until everybody else finds the bugs yeah. in that. I believe the beta you're talking about is 1.0.8. And I think I'm still on 1.0.7. And this has been going on for a while. Wow. That's, uh, but no, this is the first I've heard of it. Uh, survey says view device information. I'm on 1.0.7. So yeah, I'm on the same one you are. And, and so, so far, you know, now watch it just, I mean, <laughs> just start launching sound pads. Uh, but so far, so good. So. Yeah, I confirm, while you're talking, I confirmed I'm on 1.0.7. I have not upgraded to the, the beta. Apparently, the beta fixed another issue, which the headphones have kind of a notch in them where the preamp just really fires up 
over the course of mm. just a little bit. And I think it's between like not somewhere between nine o'clock and 11 o'clock for most people I talk about. And it just it gets really goes from really soft to really loud. That's always so, handy when you just yeah, want to blast your head off. Apparently 1.0.8 does something about that, but uh, I, I'm trying to remember who it was. It might've been Josh Liston. He said that he definitely had the issue before he upgraded and the, while the issue was still there, I think it was Josh, it was mitigated somewhat. So they did some software thing to mitigate the hard hmm. hardware increase there. Anyway, just a couple of issues with the Roadcaster Pro 2 that seem to be prevalent to several people that I've talked to. Uh, SP, barring that issue, would you buy it again? Personally, I would. I know other people wouldn't because of the abandonment of the Roadcaster Pro 1 software development mm. or firmware development. I know some people have concerns over, well, how long is this going to last? I know some people are like, well, if this wasn't road, would I have put up with those hardware issues? Okay. So it's been a mixed bag, whether okay. people want to or not, since this is my first mixer recorder that I have used in the studio because I went from the, the analog Zoom H6 with a Mackie Pro FX16V2 mm-hmm. mixer into this this is a light year jump for me so i tend to think if they fix the sound pad if i rma it and if they fix the sound pads i'll be fine with it but um i don't know i knowing the issues i know now i probably would have waited a little bit sp do you use a stream deck at all or have you i don't i use an ipad mini for my soundboard okay okay yeah just kind of wondering from an experience standpoint if you'd use that stream deck and it was similar touching those buttons on a stream deck versus the road two buttons similar. Dave, you don't have a stream deck, it, it, do you? I do. It's very okay. similar because there's it? not, it's, it's like you kind of push it in and there's no kind of click or anything. Yeah, you don't, you know, no tactile. Yeah. Does the button actually it. move in? Yeah. It moves okay. In. It, it doesn't on these sound pads. Eh. Yeah, I guess it's not. true induction. It's just a touch and it. Yeah, it, it kind of you, you have it almost feels like a latex kind of a button. And all it does is it kind of bends down and like it, it as you push in it, it moves, but it's not like the whole button moves down. You, you just kind of dent this little nylon thing for a bit. Um, reminds me a little bit of uh, electronic drums. You know, when you hit it, they, they there's a thing that that you know goes down because you're putting pressure on it. But it's not like a you know it's not like a pen where you you know kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. This so. whole thing reminds me of a DJ board. I've never used one, <laughs> but it reminds me with all the colors and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's where Road was coming with the design choice, but it definitely reminds me of one. Yeah. Anyway, well, happy holidays, yeah. guys. And happy New Year to you, SP. Good to see you. Yeah. Yeah. Good to see you guys. Yeah. Thanks for joining Thanks, us today. Buddy. Thanks for jumping in. We'll see you. You bet. You bet. Have, a good, have a good New Year. And you know what? Let's do this now. We can, have, can I get a, some more coffee? We can get you some more coffee. I was like, holy cow, Dave, that was a quick pour. Um, here we go. Uh, I wanted to th- say thank you to our awesome supporters. We haven't had a, a brand new awesome supporter in a while. So if you're looking for something to kick off the year for 2023, go to ask the slash support. And I, uh, you know what? I don't have a featured supporter this, this morning. You know, as much as you mentioned that guy, 
that Cridlin guy should be supporting you <laughs> for as much as you say his, his name. Uh, Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, maybe he should. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I will find one before the end of the show. Um, I forgot to pull up my Patreon this morning. Um, and I could, well, here. Um, uh, oh, crap. Hold on. I got to mute myself because otherwise I'm going to set off everybody's thing. Open awesome supporters. And and then I will let. There we go. Felix at the Latin Podcast Awards. See? There you go. I love Felix. Now, if. Uh, if you go over to askthepodcastcoach.com, you'll see where we are using PodPage for our website. And if you want to try PodPage, go over to trypodpage.com. If you want to learn PodPage, go to learnpodpage.com. Uh, both of those are my kind of affiliate links. And uh, if you need more Jim Collison, and who doesn't, uh, you want to check out Home Gadget Geeks, go over to theaveragegeek.tv. Jim, do you own homegadgetgeeks.com? I do. There you go. See? He's I covered. Do. Yeah. He's smart yeah, like that. Yeah, in fact, geeks.com goes to my pod page. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. if you're looking to start a podcast, well, when you think podcasting, think school of podcasting. And don't forget, you can put Dave in your pocket now. You have unlimited. It's coaching without calendars. Uh, check it out, schoolofpodcasting.com. And thanks to everyone. You can see them. Uh, there are other ways you can uh, buy my book. You can just leave a donation. It's all over there at askthepodcastcoach.com slash Support. Hey, could you program one of those um, uh, stream deck buttons to ask the A lady the yeah. question so that you wouldn't have to mute? Like that to me, that would seem like one of those automations that would yeah. make sense. Push the button, it would ask. Yeah. Her I was hoping I could just do it because that's a. It's an Amazon blueprint. I think if you go to blueprints.amazon.com, you can design your own. So I just took yeah. all of our $20 supporters and I said, hey, when I ask this, pick one of these and then say yeah. it and then play a sound effect or whatever. And I was hoping I could do that in a browser. I was like, then I wouldn't have to worry about it because I could just do it on my PC. Right. And uh, n no, you have to use. You've got to say it. You've got to say it to get it to trigger. I, I check. I'd like, and maybe somebody else knows that yeah. and can, can. But it'd be great if you could just program the the stream deck to ask that question yeah. for you. So you push it and it would do its. It, there's got to be an integration through a lady. Yeah, that, that does that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, okay. Here's an interesting situation that uh, was like, huh? Um, Coach Dave says I'm preparing to take over a show in 2023 that's been produced by another host and his team for a few years. I will inherit that team. And content calendar. Any advice for transitioning hosts? Uh, I've never done this, but I, I'm trying to think if I know anybody who has. Typically, what they do is you'll have, like, they'll have you on an episode. So you'll both kind of do that. And that can be for one or two or however many episodes you want. So the audience gets used to you, and then the original host will drop off. So that all of a sudden it's like, hey, who's the new guy? Okay, we like the new guy, and now the old guy is gone. Um, Jim, any thoughts on that? Yeah, this is a tough spot to be yeah. in because during the transitionary period, I think you want to provide some stability. You know, you although you know maybe take some cues from when Lano took over from Carson or when Kimmel took over from Leno. 
or some of those um, in how they do it. Like there is some homage. Is that the right word? There's some homage to what, what went on in the past, yet they make it their own pretty quickly. Right. I mean, even Fallon who came over when, when Fallon took over, um, he, he didn't even do his old show. <laughs> like he brought some things over from his old show, but they definitely did some things differently in the new, in the new setting, some different segments, some different ways. Remember his thank you notes? Like he used to write oh, in, yeah. the old, in the old program. Super funny. He didn't bring it over. They don't do thank you notes on, on, on Fridays. Yeah. I don't think they do that anymore. Oh, that was my, I used to tune in on yeah. Fridays just for that feature. I know. I, know. I think that I don't think they So, Okay, so all, not to talk about Jimmy Fallon, but the the point of that is, is I think he, Coach Dave, you got to do some research on this and say, okay, what are some parts the audience really identifies with? Can I bring those over to this? Can I do those parts? Sometimes those are unique to the individual. You know, I think of like like Uncle Marv, who's in the chat, right? If I if I took over his business show, he's got a Florida man, you know, <laughs> segment like Florida man did this, Florida man does that. Well, like, I don't know if I could do that as well as he does because he lives in Florida and I live in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So it would, it may not be as good at coming from me. So I think there's some studying that needs to go on to say, what do we keep? What do we toss? How do I make this own? How do I hybrid this in the first six months just so folks get used to it? There's, there's going to, and then you have to try a few things. You know, you'll do some stuff and you'll be like, oh yeah, I don't like that. Let's not do that anymore. <laughs> Or, oh, that worked out really well. Let's do that. Yeah, and it's one of those where you have to be ready for the fact that some people are not going to like you. They're going to like, we want David Lee Roth back, you know, and then other people are going to be like, oh, man, this is so much better. Hagar is the best. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be. Talk about a band that gave its its, uh, listeners whiplash. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but. They still now they're still real popular. So can you do it? Sure. Should you do it? Mm, yeah. Just depends. And I same thing with working with the team. I would uh like I was um listening to Rob Greenlee on a show. He's he just moved from Lipson to Podbean. And what he's doing right now is just watching. Like what who who yeah. does what? He goes, I'm not gonna come in and start saying this is how we need to do. He's like, mm, I need to see how they're doing it now. And then you start adjusting. Cause I know when you just walk in, um, and start making changes. They're like, well, that's not how Steve used to do it. You know, so it's people, people love change so much. They're just like, can we change some more? Can you please give me a learning curve? Yeah. So, well, and this is, this is really predominant, like in church settings, like pastors, you change pastors or whatever, right? Oh, half yeah. the congregation wants something new. The other half, keep it the same. Yeah, yeah. Then you try to please both never works. You got to make a decision. Yeah. I'm going new. And I'm going to go with the people who want that. And the other folks are just going to have to go find another place. Or I'm going to keep tradition. And the folks who are hoping for something new, they're going to have to go someplace. They're going to leave. Or yeah. continue to complain. The worst thing you can do is make both of those groups mad. <laughs> then send, and then everybody John, leaves. Yeah. They run you on the rail. Yeah, yeah. Joel Joel Osteen, who I refer to as the happy Jesus man uh, on TV. Um, <laughs> I went to his thing in Houston. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. um, but he talks about his dad was making changes at his church. And they're like, I don't like it when you guys do such. And he's like, well, you know what? I'm, I'm sure, you know, the church down the street will enjoy your thing, but cause we don't do that here. So you just got to kind of be yourself after a while and yeah. let the chips fall where they make they it go. your thing, make it your thing. 
but some good research in that. And, and, um, coach Dave, thanks for that. So yeah. thanks for that. Um, we haven't talked about it a lot. Max flight. There's a name Max, I haven't heard. Welcome. Max flight, old school podcaster. Oh yeah. Uh, and what's great is he does a podcast about planes. I'm like, yeah. okay, is that your real name? Yes. That's his real name. Um, has cryptocurrency micropayments to podcasters been discussed here? I'll put a link in the show notes at askthepodcastcoach.com slash 421. The easiest way to do that is through a website called GitAlby. Um, I can get behind most of the podcasting 2.0 advances, but since IRS considers crypto as property and subject to capital gains tax, I really don't want to get into tracking. Yeah. um, Jim, you can probably, maybe, can you comment on how to do taxes with crypto? Well, it's still it's still super messy. Yeah. The the IRS is trying IRS here in the United States. I, I can't speak for any other and I can barely speak for here in the US. But they do treat it, it it's not treated like an investment like we would. It's like treated like property. So capital gains is in it. And if you're gonna do it right, you would keep track and, and hopefully these these two O, these podcast two O services do this for you. I know like I use Coinbase for my crypto. They keep track of when I buy and what the cost was and some of those kinds of things. And at the end of the year, I just export that into my tax software. They know how to handle it. So it gets it gets calculated correctly. If it's not and you're getting all these micropayments and they're not giving to that to you in some form, like you don't want to have to go back and look up what was the value of Bitcoin on that day. Like if they're not doing that, yeah, you don't want to start collecting micropayments. I mean, in a lot of folks are going to choose like, well, I just won't report it then. Well, okay. But then that's between you and the IRS, right? Right. I I don't know if I'd go that route either. The other thing, Max, that we talked about a couple weeks ago on this is Bitcoin was absolutely the wrong uh, cryptocurrency to base this stuff on. And I, I know it's the most popular and such, but I, I, that's, there was not, if this thing ever goes, if this thing ever goes big, Bitcoin will not scale out that way. And it's unfortunate because unwinding it, from Bitcoin will be a bigger mess than winding it to Bitcoin. So a lot of folks screaming at me now, oh no, it'll be fine. Well, okay, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I don't know enough to scream. I'm just like, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, it's the wrong, wrong decision. It's too bad because it probably should have been Ethereum. And <laughs> it would have been a lot, it would have been a lot better. I think in the long run, they're actually doing some things with Ethereum to, to make it transactional, right? We always, <laughs> the Bitcoin components, Proponents, proponents were always saying, oh, yeah, credit card processing. Yeah, no, it'll never handle that. And they're not doing any active work on the blockchain to actually make it better. Where in Ethereum, they are. They're trying. Well, I'm not sure it's there yet, There's they're trying. There's some cool stuff Adam's doing because his co-host was like, no, we're not doing the Bitcoin thing on the No Agenda show. And they now have it to where when somebody sends a boost to the show – so it's X amount of Satoshis yep. that it, it never like the minute it goes to wherever they're going, it's going to convert it to money and put it in their bank huh? at, at the, whatever the current exchange rate is. Cause they're still a taxable transaction. Yeah. 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 Anytime yeah. you're making any kind of income, yeah, yeah. the IRS wants account. their piece. Yeah. And, right. yeah, and, and you're going to lose, you're going to lose some in the, in the gas it takes to do that. And some of those other things, but. Yeah. Yeah. So, and as always, you know, neither Jim or I are uh, tax consultants and always 
consult your local, you know, insert cover your butt uh, comment here. I, I didn't even stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Randy has a question that's really hard to answer on this kind of show. Can you explain how to change an RSS with the 301 redirect? If you don't know what you're doing, don't do it would be my first. I've, here's why. And I'm uh, Kim Cradgy once said, you make this sound much scarier than it is. And it, it, I've seen people ruin their show. Now, most people don't, but I've seen people that they'll put in a redirect and they'll redirect it with a typo. And that's why we say, when you do this, don't multitask. Because when you send it to you know this, this address that doesn't exist, because that address doesn't exist, you can't go over there and go, oops, sorry, I, I want you to go over here. So what you do, first of all, do not move to Kajabi. Kajabi right now is on my poop list. When you import into Kajabi, they change what I will just, it's it's called the GUID. It's the episode social security number. Every episode has its own social security number and every other media host except Kajabi because, well, they're not really a podcast host. Uh, leaves it, they, they, they clone your feed and Kajabi thought it'd be fun to make their own thing. So the problem is when you leave Kajabi and I move many people every week off of Kajabi, um, cause they wanted everything under one umbrella. Uh, it's then a nightmare to move you back because you make either a bunch of duplicates. So anyway, don't go to Kajabi. So what you'll do is you'll go into your feed and somewhere, and it's it's different. You know, th- these are the, these are the things you can hire me for. Uh, I basically we go in, and whatever your host is, somewhere in there, it's going to say, "Hey, well, first, first things first, import your stuff." So now you have two clones of your your show. You go into to your old media host, and you say, "Hey, take my current feed and look at this one." So I always call that a change of address. So when somebody goes to you know, yourwebsite.com slash feed, it now goes to newwebsite.com slash feed. And because you imported them and they're clones, the audience doesn't know anything. There should be a thing, if you're moving to a good media media host, where you can say, this is a new feed. And what that happens then is when your listener fires up Apple Podcasts and it goes to the old feed, the old feed goes, Dave doesn't live here, man. And it redirects over to the new host. The new host says, hey, we're new. And the app updates so that the next time you update your, or next time you launch the app, it goes to the new feed. But the the key there is don't multitask. And how how do you know if it's working? Once you put the redirect in, you've had a couple sips of coffee, Click on the old feed. You should see the address, the new address, show up in the address bar. So it's it's not scary. It's not that hard. But man, if you mess up, it's it it's spooky. And you can, you know, I've had people that have uh, done that and went to sleep. Well, while everybody that fires up their app, they get redirected into, you know, the void, and there's no way to tell them, hey, come back over here. So. Uh, that's it. So like I say, if you don't know what you're doing, you know, hire someone who knows, and I'll be happy to do that with you over Zoom. So go, no, don't click on that. So uh, Jacking Around has another great question. Jim, have you ever been to Podcast Movement? I know you've been to yeah. Podcast Movement, but you haven't been to PodFest. No. I, um, I know yeah. you've been to two. I can't remember if you've been to. Yeah, no, Podcast Movement. Yeah. But not PodFest, no. PodFest is much more independent podcast related. Uh, I am there uh, next month. I'll be speaking on six reasons your show isn't growing. 
Uh, so that is much more independent podcaster, lots of networking with other podcasts. So this is a place where you find guests for your show. This is a place where you find people that maybe want to band together and make a network. It's a lot of podcasters. And, um, and yeah, we're podcast movement. You're going to walk in, you're going to see the Wondery flag and the Spotify and, and things like that. Not so much a podcast movement. It's a little more podcaster related. I think podcast movement is a little more podcast industry related. Both are good and both have independent podcasters. I don't want to make it sound like podcast movement doesn't, but podcast movement has, you know, um, you'll, you'll see the sponsors over there uh, are big names and big networks and things of that nature. So, um, but they're both good. The, the, the bottom line is you get out of those, what you put into them, mm-hmm. you know? So for me, I always say, if you're in the hallway and you're having a good conversation and you're like, Oh man, that session on how to use TikTok to grow your podcast is starting. Stay with the hallway. Mm-hmm. Cause that hallway, you can't watch later. <laughs> you can watch the other one later. And for the record, you're not going to watch it later, but you can tell yourself you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd, I'd go just to hang out with you. That's why I'd go. There you go. That's, I mean, to me, yeah. I go to these things so much. And somebody said, well, you go, Dave, because Libsyn is sending you. Before I worked at Libsyn, you know, I took a week of vacation or, or some vacation days to go to these. And that was just, you know, I, I run the, the school of podcasting as a business. And so it is called a tax write-off. You know, that's one of those things where I'm like, that is an expense, that, that yeah. hotel and yeah. the plane and things yeah. like that. So I don't get it all back, but, you know, it's one of those things where um, – and you need a, a really uh, patient and understanding spouse um, in, in that situation, which For is sure. why which is why I'm divorced. For sure. But, um, <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't happen that way. I think to, it can also be used, I mean, again, consult your tax advisor. But since we're talking about taxes, since you can write it off, that's sometimes a good excuse. Like you get to the end of the year and you're like, hey, I'm going to purchase this for next year as in a, you know, it, to be able to claim it in my 2022 taxes or whatever from a cost perspective. Again, it can be a good reason to go. I mean, you, you, you can go and hang out. You don't have to – you can use it the way you want to use it. It's fun. The booths are fun. It's fun seeing people. You know, it's just a good opportunity to spend time with folks. It, I think if I did it again, though, Dave, mm-hmm. I'd, go, I'd go late and leave early. <laughs> I, I never – you know, sometimes you get there early because you're like, oh, I don't want to miss the parties. And that could be true as well. But I always find I stay a day too too long. You know, you're like, I should have left yesterday. I always so, leave the day okay. after. Like this, I'm actually, I, this year I'm missing, which is kind of a bummer. I like it. They have a gratitude ceremony where people get up and just say, hey, here's what I learned and that kind of thing. And I will be leaving, going to the airport to uh, to miss that. The other thing is that you get there, I think at the last podcast movement, I walked in and Dan from Focus Right was like, Dave Jackson. I'm like, what's up, Dan? And he's like, I want to give you money. And I was like, all right, podcast movement. I'm glad I can, you know, so, uh, so I got a sponsor there. So that's, and kind of going back to what I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, it's those relationships that lead to other things. So I was on a YouTube thing last night with a bunch of, in my book, famous audio YouTube, like guys that are really into mics and, and the booth junkie guy and, you know, all these guys. And that's because I know Ray. So that's a lot what comes into it. I I know a few people, you know, now, I mean, I've known Rob Greenlee forever, but he's a guy that knows a ton of people. And that's really where 
a lot of times that's not immediate. Um, I've told the story before where I went to Nashville because one of my clients was launching this this true crime show because she's a detective. And for the record, she's gotten more leads from her podcast than being on ABC's 2020, which is interesting. But she said, hey, I'm going to launch my show. I'm going to have a room full of private detectives. You want to come to the, the launch? So I drove to Nashville, and I met this woman that was Kenny Rogers' assistant. And we couldn't get Kenny to, to do a show. I didn't know at the time, but Kenny was sick. Uh, but anyway, like nine months later, she's like, I don't know if you remember me or not. It was Kenny Rogers' assistant. I'm like, oh, I absolutely remember you. So uh, that would be uh, just, just another advantage that you you get to know people and that whole nine yards. So, yeah. um, and they're they're both again good. The descript people I met at Podcast Movement. So, but other people I've met, you know, at at Podfest. So they're yeah. I used to go to both. You know, even again before Libsyn, I was going to both. It was an expense, but it was like. You know, for me, this is something that it's not a passion project. This is something I want, you know, if Lipson went away tomorrow, I I can eat, you know, so that's the good news. So um, let's see. Fred says, uh, I asked PodFest contact if there is a virtual ticket. I'd like to attend online, but cannot go in person. I don't know, to be honest with you. That's a great question. Um, I know Chris was just on the new media show. And I don't know that he mentioned that. Um, so yeah, I don't know if they're going to have a virtual ticket. It's that's always, it's an interesting thing. Cause I know they use the Whova app and they use uh, a couple other things. They usually record it. You know, it's usually available afterwards. Uh, you know, what's funny is I have the recordings for like every, like I just moved files from uh, pot, something from 2006, you know, and I've, I've ne- I never watch the uh, I want to go back and listen to Adam Curry's presentation from podcast movement last year. Uh, other than that, every time I listen to them, either I'm getting I'm picking the wrong ones, but sometimes I think you have to be there. It might be something with the slides. Maybe if you can't see the slides, it doesn't work or something like that as well. But uh, um, it does say on their site they have a virtual ticket. Yeah. A virtual pass. Right. If you go to podfestexpo.com and go to their tickets slash tickets, the very first says access to Wuva virtual meetups and Facebook group, virtual pass check. Yeah. So it looks, does look like they're going to have it. And I think they even, is the problem they don't have it on there is a, is something to buy add ons. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem. I don't, I don't see it in there. I, um, I told you can add. Yeah, I told Chris, and I understand they're using Eventbrite, but I, I, if I was them, I would create a table. You know how you have, like, option A, and it has, like, you know, here are the four things you get in option A, and then you go to the second column. Option B has everything in, in column A, but also the blah, 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 so that you can see all – because there's a lot of options there. Like, one is, like, you get uh, – the Friday night party. If you go the next one, you get the Friday and Saturday party. And I was just like, there's a lot of options there. Cause what they're trying to do is they realize that some people that go to PodFest are, are brand new to podcasting. They're going to kind of jump in the pool. And then I know there's a group, uh, Joe Salsi high from stacking benches was just in town and we went to, to breakfast, such a great guy. And he said, he's doing, I guess the pro podcaster thing. And they had a, benchmark you had to get like 10,000 downloads per month to even be able to buy the ticket 
because not that they don't want to hang out with brand new podcasters. In fact, Joe's one of the guys that will be happy to, to help you and give you advice on what he's done. He's been very transparent, but it's nice to hang with people that have kind of the same issues that you're dealing with. So they have different tracks. So they're trying to, you know, here's the, here's the education track. Here's the uh, publicity track. Here's the promotion track. Here's the such and such. And so with that comes a little bit of a like, wait, where's, which one is me again? So, um, but I know he said they had 1500 signups already. So I'm really looking forward to going to, uh, to January to uh, PodFest. It's uh, podfestexpo.com. I think if I remember right, if you use the coupon code SOP10, you'll get uh, 10% off if I remember right. So uh, we do have another question from, and I was just on his show, um, Tim Bryan says, have you tested Zencaster's new media hosting? I have not. I'm tempted, but I already have two main personal podcasts and five podcasts for my day job. I used to, back when there were a handful of podcasts, test all the podcasts because I didn't think people would be crazy enough to launch a podcast host. And I just, to me, I'm like, are they IAB certified? I kind of have my check mark, like, A, do you change my file? Or do is the same thing I download, the same thing I uploaded? Do you have support? Are you IAB certified? What are your stats? Uh, I used to know this. Um, that's about it. I think that's most of them. And so I don't think they're IAB certified. Although if you listen to that episode I was talking about with on the podcasting 2.0 show, and I'll have links to that at, at askthepodcastcoach.com slash 421. Um, the IEB kind of got a little bit of a black eye this year, just with the the couple times when, you know, there was the the Amazon thing where all of a sudden everybody got a boost in in April from Amazon, and now they just had the thing with the Android app, and they all counted as IEB certificate certified downloads, you know, like which they kind of were, but they kind of weren't. It's like mm, interesting. So, uh, but thanks to the chat room, boy, you guys are. are I have. Uh, I have two things that I brought in today, and I was like, boy, I hope the chat room shows up because there just wasn't much. And um, what what I'm seeing, we kind of mentioned this earlier. Lindsay had said, I've been wanting to monetize my podcast but don't know the first steps. I'm in marketing, so I've already put together a media kit, and I've listed a local uh, a list of local companies I'd like to send it out to but would appreciate some feedback on how podcasters typically get paid in sort of like do they use Venmo, direct deposit, a check by, I don't know, also whatever else there is to know before reaching out to companies uh, for sponsorship. So I've been paid in all of those. I've been paid by PayPal. I've had a check. I've done the ACH thing where they throw it directly into your, um, you know, checking account. Um, but here is, here's one check from, well, that's from my publisher. I had another one from when I spoke at the Irma Bombeck thing. Usually it's a lot of times it's a check, uh, but you just got to have the, the, the bottom line when it comes to monetization, you, you need to set expectations. So here's what we're going to do. Your, your ad based on this content that you've given me will be within the first X amount of minutes. It will run X amount of time, you know, and that's where you, a lot of people don't realize, you know, if you have a three month sponsorship, you're doing podcasting for three months. Like there's no taking a week off. Or, you know, then you have to, yeah. So just be careful of that. Uh, and then the other thing I usually tell people, don't 
base your amount on CPM. Because right now, I think the average CPM, which stands for price per thousand downloads, doesn't work for most podcasters. I base my pricing on per episode. And it's like, look, I have a bunch of podcasters. And the other thing, I uh, when Dan uh, sponsored my show, I said, dude, I really don't want sponsors. He's like, why not? I go, because I am my sponsor. I go, when I don't promote my stuff, like that's the most profitable thing is selling my products and services. I said, so is that going to be cheap? He's like, well, come up with a number. And I was like, all right. And I, you know, came up with a number, wrote it on a napkin, pushed it across the table. No. Uh, <laughs> and he was like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's tricky. Uh, but you know, the other thing you can always, uh, do in terms of getting a price, uh, a, a great way to get is fine. If there is a magazine about your industry, go to the back page where you have the little itty bitty ads and then call the magazine and go, I'd like to advertise in the back with the little itty bitty ads. How much are those? And that'll give you a price. And also a list of people you should call to say, Hey, I see where you're buying one of the itty bitty ads in the back of such and such magazine. I have your target audience over here and then just undercut whatever the newspaper is paying. Go that route. So, I don't know. Have you ever, uh, you've had sponsor, you had a sponsored mm-hmm. app and things like that. Any yep. advice on dealing with sponsors? And yeah, yeah, I think set up, set that price, like get comfortable with it so you, that you can say it without any, because <laughs> people will sense when you're uncomfortable with your own price, you know, and you're like, well, it's, it's, it's like $500, you know, and they're like, oh, you're not comfortable with it. Like I don't either. There's some room to negotiate, but if you go, it's 500 bucks if you want to do this, like you get a lot for that. You have to be confident in your own price, right? Yeah. What, what you're doing. And then once you've got it, the next person who asks, raise the price, right? Just don't, not a lot, but just raise it a little bit. So, Hey, that spot's 500 bucks. Um, in your own mind next for the next person, it's seven fifty. Just see what they do. They say no. And then maybe seven fifty is too much. Right. Um, but, You'll never know the value of the market unless you, unless you try some things to see what. If you say seven fifty and they're like, oh, and you go, well, I tell you what, I'll do it on a special for the next three months for five hundred bucks. Well, then you're back to your original price and you haven't discounted anything, but they feel like it's a discount, right? But you have to be confident in the way you're saying those things. The second you kind of go, mm, then people sense that and they know they're like, oh yeah, we can really push this thing down. So I think once you set those prices, yeah, be confident in them. Do it in a way you you te- you charge your mom for it. Like, you know, you'd be like, hey, if mom asked the price, like, yeah, mom, it's five hundred bucks, right? You have to say it in a way that's confident. That'd be my advice. Yeah, and that's really that's very, a very wise statement, basically, because I you have to be able to look people. And and this is where the whole imposter syndrome comes into play, because you're like, well, am I am I really worth that? Yeah, yes, your audience they're paying to get in front of your audience, and think of all the hours that you've spent cultivating that audience and building your relationship and your influence, and that's valuable. And I you know when I see people like I will edit your audio for fifteen dollars, and I'm like, yeah, because mm. there is a point if you go too low where people, for how long? Yeah, right. For how long? I had a friend of mine, when the School of Podcasting first opened, it was five bucks a month. And my, I, you need a friend like this that said, Dave, do you know anything on the internet that's good for five bucks a month? And I went, 
I don't know anything for five bucks a month, good or bad. He goes, yeah. And I was like, eh. So I raised it to, I, I've been raising it ever since. And every time I raise it, I think, I bet nobody's going to sign up again. And so the last time I raised it, which was this year, I raised it. And the next day somebody bought it at full price. And I was like, mm, I've had money on the table and just watching it. And you're like, mm. so um, enhanced simplicity says, great, great point. I'm my own sponsor, sponsor my own stuff only. I do have my book, which let me to start my podcast. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, for me. It's uh, there was a study by tilt is the name of the company. It's the guy from content marketing world. I forget his name. And uh, 1,400 entrepreneurs, and the number one way they monetize is selling their own products and service. So when I see somebody go, I want to start a podcast and have ads, I'm like, "Mm, okay, that's definitely an option. And really, in the end, you kind of need multiple streams of income. You need affiliate income. You need, you know, crowdfunding. You need whatever. But usually, I only know a few people, and those are the people that are getting, you know, six-figure downloads per episode that are just doing ads because, and then they'll stuff six ads into, uh, into the show and that, that can get yeah. a little old. Yeah. So, Hey, on our way out, just a quick correction yeah. there. So, uh, so Fred said you should let the audience know that Podfest does not have a definite answer on this virtual, the virtual ticket or the past. There's nothing for the virtual offering on the site. I think I said that a minute ago, but I'll, I'll repeat it again. They have a on their site. They've got a virtual pass check mark, but when you go down into the tickets to buy it, there's no option there. So I will uh, I will reach out to Mr. Kremitzos and yeah. say, "Hey, bud, we have people who want to buy well, something that doesn't exist." I, I just like if you have questions, just reach out to them. Yeah, I, you know, I know they're seeing if we knew, but we're, we're we don't do podcast, so yeah, we're, so. we're uh, contact the the organizers. That's so I'm always surprised at people who like try to reach out. And you're like, well, like, did you? contact the company <laughs> yeah you know, I mean, and in, in fred's case he did right he sent them a yeah. contact form this time of year you know you hope you get some you get something back i i worked all week but not everybody does so sometimes a little little a little bit of uh, just may have to wait till monday or tuesday of next week yeah tuesday because i think most people are taking monday yeah. off so yeah, yeah that's, they, that's they, a great point that is going to be yeah. the nice thing about january is the whole like yeah we're gone for the next three weeks kind of thing is is behind us so that'll be cool so uh yeah, there's i'm sure there's a contact form on the site uh, get over there if you got questions yeah and they'll they'll have definitive answers for yeah you. andrew's a good guy he'll uh he'll get back to you yeah as well so awesome, awesome. but uh Jim, um, as we uh, we wind down 2022, man, it's been a yeah. fun year. It has uh, been a fun year. Looking forward to 2023. Yeah. Um, We're still going to podcast in 2023, right? Yeah. This is not the okay. last episode. No. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Peace out. We're done. See ya. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're closing up. Yeah. Uh, but anything coming up on uh, the average guy dot your uh, home gadget geeks? Home gadget case. I took another week off. Actually, I've been. I used the last two weeks to connect with the audience directly. I just nice. said, "Hey, no show tonight, but if you want to join me in a just a hangout, you can." And it's been a ton of fun to get to know some of the guys that way. So it's been a good use of the time. We'll get back on schedule here, but uh, but uh, I haven't pushed. I took the time off. It's nice to take some time off. Yeah, I am coming back. Usually, I start off with a how to podcast. Here's your 27 steps. And instead, I'm tackling the top thing that stops people from podcasting. And I've talked about it before, but I've got a new angle. And that is imposter syndrome. Because people like Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep have imposter syndrome. Garth Brooks, imposter syndrome. So we're going to talk about that and how to overcome it. 
because a lot of people really deal with that and it stops them from podcasting and that's the problem so thanks so much to the chat room today you saved my butt and uh we are here every saturday thanks to our new people on linkedin um be sure to uh, like and subscribe and all that other fun stuff if you're watching this on YouTube. Right now, click the like button, and uh, we'll see you next Saturday with another fun time of Ask the Podcast Coach.